Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's, for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Hello there, Royfield and Lucy. This is the Green Timbers Honor Choir, my choir at Green Timbers Elementary in Surrey, British Columbia. We're going to sing a Dumpty Dum today. This episode is sponsored by Sharon Robson and is dedicated to her friend Debs Harkins, who has, out of the blue, just been diagnosed with cancer. Debs is currently listening to this podcast while working her way through treatment. Macmillan Cancer Support do a fantastic job supporting people affected by cancer, and Sharon would encourage listeners to donate to them if they can. You can do this by going to www.macmillan.org.uk. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docu drama that is centred on Ambridge in the Heart of the Midlands. I'm the gala opening of the new cider club that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the hungover pensioner that is Lucy Freeman. And with us, we are joined by um, Paul Truman. And the last part of our Grundy world of alcoholism is you. Now, today's Dum Dum is a heartwarming, just kind of. Didn't you just smile when that plucked you? Oh, it's, so it's lovely. lovely. It's from Jan from Cannes. And it's her lovely class over there in the east end of... No, no, it's not the east end. It's in the west end of Canada somewhere. can't remember if you actually... Are you in BC, Jan? Or are you in Alberta? I can't remember. I think it's BC. Anyway, it's, it's all kind of just like lovely. And that will be making a return appearance because it's all kind of lovely. And if you reckon you can kind of like beat that and whatever... I think you might struggle, but don't not try. So try. So send one in. <laughs> but Lucy, if somebody just want to try and, and, and beat that for just pure loveliness, mm. how can they win the accolade of dum de dum of the week? 
If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or have dinner with Miss Four, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. He's very excited about Storm Imogen and he's gone to the coast in the hope of being filmed in his yellow cagoule doing a thumbs up to the camera before being washed out to sea and being rescued by the RNLI. He says they haven't got enough to do and he likes to keep them busy. Uh, just letting you know, it's, it's going to be 22 degrees here. Oh, it's 23. 23 degrees here today. Just letting you know. Huh. What's it like? You know what? After, after I wrote that thing about Derek, I mm. went on. I went online, one of the the news stations, mm. news sites, mm. and there was a picture of some knobend who had decided to go down to the coast in Cornwall and photograph the waves and had inevitably been washed out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> you pillock! <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> Talking about pillocks. About those burks who climb up Snowden in flip-flops in a bikini and have to be hair-lifted off the top. And mm. <sighs> pillock. Good Anglo-Saxon word. It is. Right? My favourites. I was busy watching the Super Bowl with a whole bunch of Americans, you know, mm. slightly befuddled by mm. exactly what I was seeing on the TV. But the whole kind of event was very lovely. Anyway, whatever. Um, there was an advert, because you know they make a big deal about the adverts yeah. in the Super Bowl. And Helen Mirren came on and she said, and she's talking about uh, drink drivers, and she said, don't be a pillock. <laughs> And those like, did they even know what that was? Well, exactly. And they, said, and they kind of looked around and said, "Oh, that's so cute. What does that mean?" And then, "That's an idiot." And then, "Oh, okay. Oh, we love love Helen Mirren. You know, she's the queen or whatever." So it was just very <laughs> sweet. I, I, it was just great the way she yeah, just you know it was just full of Britishisms the whole thing and just don't be a pillock and, and drink and drive. <laughs> but anyway, I, just just um, yeah, I just. I need uh, to say thank you mm-hmm. as well. I need say thank you to all the nice people who uh wished me better after i said that i was under the weather mm. yesterday under the lavatory i was actually but anyway. um so thank under you very the much lavatory. well clinging on <laughs> um but thank you very much i feel quite a lot better today and hopefully i will be back to normal completely tomorrow but thank you you did get an outpouring of love so to speak didn't you concerning did. your outpouring I was going to say it was nothing compared with my own outpouring, but yes. yes. On this week's episode, we have calls from Julie Atkinson, who wants me to sort things out with Google. Witherspoon, Witherspoon who thinks that Brian should not give in. Yokel Bear, who has an empty dance card. And Blythe Spirit, who likes hungover Jim. But first, before all of that stuff, before we do Paul Truman and his fundraising, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. We began the week with Jim and Helen engaged in a vomiting competition at the bull. Well, that's sure to bring the punters in, especially with Kenton shouting encouragement through his megaphone. Jim was hung over after the inaugural cider club meeting and Christine threatening him with prune scones. Then we all had to suffer an exposition from Christine about green finches getting lesions in the throat caused by a parasite in the upper digestive tract while Jim <laughs> stared glumly at Peggy's tits. So poor old Jim <laughs> drank the bird bath, then he went to Gay Grables and drank the pool. 
Roy and Krusty went on the Blackberry line to celebrate his birthday. Krusty decided that what Roy needed for his party to really go with the swing was an anorexic and her psychotic toddler. Helen ran Krusty back, saying there wasn't anything wrong, but the only place she could get any signal was underneath the compost bin with a tarpaulin over her head. Happy birthday, Roy! Hunched up in a freezing cold steam train with his knees round his ears, eating curly ham sandwiches, while Krusty texted Helen the refuge action line. Josh has suddenly decided to become an egg tycoon, king of the eggs, prince of yolks. He suddenly went all BL bored, started talking to the fair brethren like Tony Soprano and told Toby to shove his £20 note up his nose, which I imagine (laughs) would be a fairly usual place to find Toby's £20 notes. Lillian has got her mojo back with the judicious application of gold and silver shoes and champagne. That is Lillian's idea of austerity. Kate has inherited (laughs) Auntie Lillian's frankly appalling business sense and has wazzed all the money she got from Debbie up the wall and has run out of money to pay for the little extras for the therapy centre she was hoping for. Like a roof. Uh, Adam and Big Bad Brian (laughs) talked to the BL board about some boring grassy grassy milky milky stuff and it all came out all right in the end and they all went out for dinner and had beef wellington and lashings of ginger beer. Mm. Justin tarted about with Lillian. He said what he got out of his relationship with Lillian was a bolt hole bit rude and then he called Lillian Miss Four. Miss Four? Is that really something Justin would say? Kenton and Jolene adopted their usual rigorous recruitment policy to the bull kitchen and are employing a new chef largely because she once went to Belgium. Excellent. Good enough for me. And then we had a nauseating little chatette with Perky Ruth and Usha in the Bider Wild tea rooms about what appeared to be David and Ruth's sex life through the medium of cattle. It was all very confusing, and Ruth talked about Sam Sam the dairy man. It was all so baffling, Usha ended up saying, Oh, you have done a lot of thinking, which made her sound like Moog from Willow the Wisp. Today I have been doing thinking. <laughs> Obviously, we are going to have to address the burning issue that has set the Archer's message boards alight. The village hall curtains. Never <laughs> let it be said that the women of Ambridge are not busy, independent feminist business women. So busy that they've had time to form a curtain committee. I thought at first it was going to be like the vagina monologues. But I think actually it's like Cobra, but with pinch pleats. In my most successful achievement this week, I identified Jenny Darling's technique for diverting Brian from asking awkward questions about the fact that Lillian and her red dress is never, ever going to leave and that Kate's business has entirely predictably gone bums up. It is simple but effective. She just keeps pouring coffee into him. More coffee, Brian. More coffee, Brian. He's a man of a certain age and the old bladder starts to make its presence felt, so he must be en route to have it out with Lillian or Kate and then suddenly have to take an abrupt diversion into the lavatory. And so Lillian and Kate live to fight another day. Hurrah! The end. Really enjoyed that this week, Lucy V. Freeman. And ah, no, 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 no. You, you deserve all the plaudits that come your way. Regards your monologue. Now, uh, there's somebody else who enjoyed it too. His name's Paul Truman. So... Mr. Paul Truman, why is my Twitter line, why is every bit of Archer's social media full of your name at the moment? (laughs) Um, Because I had an idea about five or six days ago Mm -hmm. and people seem to really like it. (laughs) That's that's my my excuse. Well, I think you're going to have to elaborate somewhat. What was this fantastic idea? Okay, so, so I read, so... I have been an Archer's listener for probably about 10 years. So mm-hmm. a, a relatively recent blow-in by sort of Archer's standards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've been hooked on the, the storyline. And if I'm honest, I kind of treat it like I treat most things in the Archer's, which is sort of with a couple of jokes and, you know, love-hate things. Sometimes, some weeks I think, it, you know, 
hits a nail on the head in other weeks it doesn't but i never really thought about it in terms of if i'm honest it's like a real world thing i i knew i knew that obviously there are there are complete bell ends out there but i never quite appreciated how many or possibly the effects of them and, and how closely um the archer screenwriter scriptwriter seem to have nailed it with with the um with with their portrayal of, of rob mm-hmm. uh, until i read an article on tuesday so only six days ago by um helen warmsley brown who, who tweets as the vintage year mm-hmm. um who he, he probably knows is very funny and and, and just a, a great writer she wrote an article saying basically this is you know this kind of really resonates with me because this this happened to me and it happened to happens to lots of women and she kind of listed a couple of the things they do in the show um that rob's done and or helen's done her behavior and his and it just i just really started thinking wow you know i've been kind of watching this thing is a kind of an abstract bit of entertainment but i i know it sounds stupid but i haven't quite sunk in with me how, how much of a how how bang on they've got it anyway i listened like that kind of you know i read the article and, and i tweeted I, I retweeted it, i think and i said i, th- I think this is a, a great bit of writing um and and thought no more of it and, until that night's episode which was the one where um uh she stages that kind of weird great escape yeah. with her and Henry from the, from the school where for some reason she's te- it's like her cry, isn't it, from her subconscious. She knows she's got to get out mm. uh, uh, and she can't admit it to herself. And, and, you know, so she decides to steal Henry away from school and yada, yada. And, and, uh, and as I kind of watch Twitter afterwards and just, just, the, just the anguish and the kind of the, the tension that everyone's feeling and the, the whole thing of we, we don't want to listen, but we want to listen. Um, I, just, I just had this idea, which was that, you know, if he was if he was really our mate, like a lot of you know people joke, don't they? That Archer's fans, including Archer's fans, joke mm-hmm. that we think it's real. Um, I thought if she was real, you could you could help her out, um, and wouldn't it be great if you could set up like a rescue fund, and we could all go and get her? That's what you know. You see tweets, don't you? Like after the Archer saying, "Oh, I'm going to go sod it, I'm going around to get her," and I thought, um, wouldn't it be great if we did that for you know we did that for real? And then I just thought you could have a, you could have a, set up a page for her. Uh, but we could give all the money to a proper charity and that's linking that actually links to this stuff because they're clearly hitting the nail on the head. Mm. Um, and that was kind of my little light bulb moment. And I work in advertising and I kind of get paid to come up with ideas. So I sat there feeling very pleased with myself for a couple of minutes. <laughs> and I tweeted, um, I tweeted Helen, who I don't, who I didn't previously know other than, you know, I've, I think I've probably um, laughed at some of her tweets and, we possibly had the odd tweet here and there, but but I don't I didn't know her, um, mm. and I just tweeted I'd say, um, I've just had this idea. What do you think? And she immediately said she she loved it, and and I said, well, what charity would you recommend? And straight away she just said Refuge. Mm. So I went off and did it, and it took about ten minutes. I wrote some copy very quickly, which if I had realised how many people were going to read it and look at it, I I would have possibly faffed around with for a bit longer. But um, it went up and. I ummed and ahed for about 10 seconds over what I was going to call it, Helen Archer or Helen Titchener. I went with Helen Titchener uh, and, then, and then sat back and thought, oh, this is fun. I'll, I'll let some people know. Um, what was your original goal in terms of your, your target? What did you think you might raise? So this is, yeah, sure. So, th- so this is a bit that just giving, um, or, you know, all these pages, they always stymie you right at the start, don't they? Because they always say, how much are you going to raise? Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I genuinely, I was still, I was still more excited at that point by the idea than I was by the reality of it. And so mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we raised a thousand pounds? 
that you know a grant by the end of the week by the end of the the sunday omnibus if we'd raised a grand that'd be amazing so i put that in thinking worst that can happen this race is maybe maybe i get a couple hundred quid maybe i get nothing maybe i get a couple hundred quid and and but it's still it's still a you know something worth doing so i sat back tweeted a few people and i can't quite remember now but within about 10 minutes i started getting donations um and by the end of the evening i had a grand uh, and I sort of sat there because I'd only started it about nine o'clock in, in the evening. By the mm. time it was up and I was telling anyone about it, it must have been about only about half eight, nine o'clock. Anyway, I had a grand that night. I went to bed with a grand. At about midnight, I was sat there watching my phone go ping, ping. And I started to <laughs> think, you know, and I was completely buzzing because it's that thing, isn't it? You know what, you know what social media is like. And if you get something that sort of, it's like when you get a couple of retweets, you know, you feel good about yourself. And I mm. thought, I thought, oh shit, what have I done? Um, and, I, and I started drinking whiskey to try and calm down so I could go to sleep because <laughs> I was so kind of hyped on it and um, anyway I woke up in the morning and I said to my wife who had had a really early night that night we got two relatively small kids and mm-hmm. she was completely knackered and, and I woke up and she didn't know nothing about it and I said to her um, I've got something to tell you she looked at me sort of you know terrified like what? I said I seem to have raised £1,300 for a charity overnight and she kind of her jaw dropped open, and um, I mean, I've done some charity stuff in the past, and and I I did a bike ride for a friend's charity last year, and and I I you know I I did all, all the, the stuff you're meant to do when you have a charity, and I got a thousand pounds at the end of like three months, and I was so pleased mm-hmm. with that grand. It was a really good chunk of money to hand over to my friend, um, and I'd done that in four hours, um, and then I just kept upping the target, and we just kept hitting the target. It was amazing. It's been an amazing sort of ride. What is the target right now? So it, it's Monday. What's the target today? So the target today is £50,000. Um, even saying out loud sounds completely ridiculous. And I think, let's have a look. While we, while we've been talking, has, has anything, have we made any money? Um, I'm just having a look. Yeah, so we've made 30 quid while I've been, while I've been talking, <laughs> I feel. 30 quid. It's, seriously, it's, um, it's, it's, it's slow and steady and... Um, I don't know about slow. I don't know about slow. (laughs) All right. You've had 2,949 individual donations to get to 40, basically 44,000 pounds. You know, that. It is amazing. I basically spent the first few days in a complete blur, wandering around the corridors at work, just kind of trying to sneak as much time as I could on it, muttering, people are amazing a lot. Um, I've, I've been bowled over. I've had some like some lovely sort of celeb Twitter support, but I've mainly, you know, some really early people got in really early and were just brilliant. Um, but mainly it's just been people power and, and Facebook as well. The Facebook pages, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of dip into every now and again, but I'm more of a Twitter guy if I'm honest, but um, the Archers appreciation page, I got to bow down to those guys. They are amazing. Are you, are you an Archers appreciation page um, man um, i'm i'm on all of the uh, kind of various kind of arts yeah. pages and the the as i said to you at the, at the start you know my all of my social media timelines are full of this and and, and fully your name and um it is an absolute testament to the detail the script writers have put into yeah. this story um totally. you know it, it's fantastically written it's fantastically acted. It's amazingly acted. 
uh, by you know the protagonist and the antagonist, uh, and that's and that is uh, testament to the reason why you you know you've raised this money, and then you know that kind of co- coincides, kind of collides with the fact that there is this amazing giving community mm. of people that are into this docudrama, mm. you know, people that for whom the characters are kind of best friends are companions that you know they go through their go through their lives with and yeah. a lot of people for years of um, Helen Helen Archer straight teacher has never been the most popular of characters no but, not at all but not you know all. in lots of ways she's been a very kind of tragic character and and in and and also in in many ways a very modern kind of character in terms of her lack of self-worth and how she tries to control her control the way that she feels uh through her lack of eating and that you know and then and and giving herself uh to relationships which invariably have always been somewhat kind of disastrous so because of that a lot of listeners have taken you know not an instant dislike but have basically not liked her another kind of uh, genius bit of kind of plotting in that um she's in this situation which is incredibly real the outpouring that even we've seen. So we have this post on our site, just for Henri or just for Henry, uh, where yes. women are talking about their uh, recounting their stories of growing up as as Henry. You know, having an overbearing yeah. stepfather who disregarded them, who was callous, uh, and had you know emotionally abused them and their mothers and. I must admit, before this whole storyline, I wasn't aware of the term gaslighting. Wasn't aware. And, Me neither. And, you know, we have to take our hats off to, to the script writers for actually bringing this to, to, to such public prominence. And, you know, all these things kind of collide. So it means that some bloke, some brummy bloke in Devon um, can have a bit, a bit of an, an afterthought and then, <laughs> you know, do what you've done and then raise best part of 44 grand in, in less than a week. You know, it's I, just... I, I know. You're... I think you're dead, you're dead right. I've had loads of people say really, really lovely things. The kind of things you you shouldn't ever say to someone who works in advertising, basically about the idea and how much they, <laughs> they, they how brilliant they think it is. Really, they're going to make a monster. But what I've said to everyone is exactly what you've just said, which is that without the show and without the without the community, it's it's nothing. It's just a nice idea. Mm. You kind of need all of those bits to work together. And I think that we've just created. My friend said this morning said you basically created this perfect storm. You know, you were in the middle of this perfect storm moment yes. and he's dead right. It was just the right thing with, with the, with the kind of the, like you said, we've, we've all sat there for the last year or two and kind of realized slowly that this thing is, um, that this thing is real and that they've totally nailed it in terms of the portrayal of it. Mm. Um, and I have to, I mean, just the just giving page has every time I go on there, I see something that sort of puts a lump in my throat or brings a tear to my eyes the comments on there are just amazing. Absolutely. Um, but you're you're a bit of a newbie when it comes to the arches. You've only been listening for ten years. So you still it's just still what you're still wet behind the ears. What's the exactly. first storyline yeah. that you can remember, Paul? Mm-hmm. Um poor old AWOL Kathy, we never hear from anymore. It was it was the rape. It was oh. that whole that plot line. I remember sit I actually remember sitting on my sofa mm. and when I lived in London and, and being sort of just this this show that I kind of heard bits and pieces of in the car on the way back from work, just enough to know who, have a loose grasp of who everyone was. 
and it was the it was when when I think when she was attacked, and I do remember sat there sort of completely gripped that, and so I don't know when that was, but some sure some people know, but that that so that was the first time I remember really it really hitting me, and that was that was just after the Christmas play or something or other. They were rehearsing, weren't they? That's right. Yeah, yeah. it was a village hall thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The attacked in the village hall. Yeah, and I remember that that happening in sort of um, Archer's years. I'm sort of uh, still a still a, a toddler. um we had this amazing moment on saturday night we went to the fish and chip shop um with theo uh (laughs) we went to the fish and chip i say restaurant in Braunton squires Mm. if anyone actually if you if you are a brummy then you you must have been down to croyd at some point because croyd is croyd is peak brummy in uh in august you can't move for a brummies in uh you know in august we were having fish and chips and my friends walked in randomly and their parents had arrived from um, who live abroad. And the first thing she said as she sat down to him was, have you seen the Guardian today? He said, there's um, an article on the, uh, on the archers and, the, and this, this guy's fundraised for, um, for refuge. It's brilliant. He said, I'm sure the name, don't you know Paul Truman? And Ben, my friend who was sat, sat with her said, yeah, he's over there. <laughs> so <laughs> this bizarre thing there, Ben's mum, who I'd never met, wandered over and we had a big hug and, um, and a bit of an archers, you know, you know, the, you know the way you meet someone who knows the archers mm. and you have the chat with them and their, their partners or whatever, the people who aren't into it, their eyes glaze over and they get that sort of kill me now look. Well, everyone else had that while we sat there and chatted about Kenton and, and, and all the rest of them. You getting archers props and respect in the chippy. Exactly. It was brilliant. I mean, I, one of the things I've loved about doing it actually is the fact that I've tried to keep it uh, because it feels like a really lovely, feel good kind of positive thing. I've kept the whole thing quite light. And I think there are moments where, you know, that doesn't, you know, that's not appropriate when you're, when you're kind of, I'm kind of, I screen grab quite a lot and tweet quite a lot of the comments on the Just Giving page because some of them are, are more powerful than anything I could ever write um, as a copywriter. Um, equally i've loved just talking bollocks about you know in just talking about the characters getting in touch and we had a piss up in the bull on saturday night and uh kate's trying to get some of the money for her underfloor heating for the yurts um she was <laughs> snap snapchatting me you know because i figured that would be something that kate would do um toby Fairbrother, uh you know he's been in touch see if i can if, if i can lend him a few quid for the the pastured eggs so uh yeah it's been it's been really good fun i've i've loved every minute of it and i've been just been blown away by as you said earlier the, the community that is around this show it, it is phenomenal and being able to sort of come up with this little idea that's just just given everyone a little twist on a way to think about it um it's been amazing i've i feel really fortunate to have been in the right place at the right time i think well, listen, um, on behalf of um, every Archer's listener that's been moved by this storyline, um, I'm glad that you kind of had your little moment of inspiration. And um, may you raise not only 50, 60, 70, let, let's get it up to £100,000. You've done an <laughs> amazing, be amazing? thing. Absolutely, amazing. absolutely. But just before you go, what is that URL? Just in case anybody's got some spare change in their purse or wallet and they want to donate. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, uh, so if you if you haven't yet, if you have, thank you so much. If you haven't yet, give me your 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 three quid, your four quid, your five quid, your tenors. It would be amazing. And um, please go to justgiving.com slash Helen Titchener. That's justgiving.com slash 
Helen Titchener and I will take your money and give it to Refuge and we can make a real difference. So you, good listener, can go on to uh, justgiving.com. You've got the URL and let's go and push this thing up so we get more than 50k. Uh, but now um, it's a little bit of uh, me and Lucy time. Last week. Yes. Other than what you have said in your monologue, Freeman. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to comment on before we do caller in us? Um, I am enjoying Brian at the moment. Many people have said that, but I am enjoying Brian mm. because of... He's just One such... of the many women that have enjoyed Brian. Yes, and, but he's just such blissful release after the story that shall not be named mm. because he's kind of entirely... You know, the most stress that Brian has is one of his children might be asking him for some of his many, many, many millions of pounds and he's a bit reluctant to fork it over. And that's it, really. It doesn't get more traumatic than that for Brian at the minute. So I quite love... I love the fact that he can't get shot of any of them out of the house, that Lillian and Jenny have just kind of joined forces and said, no, she is staying. Of course she's Brian. Don't be silly. And Brian's mm. like, what? At what point did anyone ask me? You know, he's just... He's and now let, got- yeah, exactly. And let's celebrate this over a glass, glass of vino. Yes. And then and completely trapped him. So he couldn't say, because Justin was there, he couldn't put, and Lillian, he couldn't possibly say, hang on a cotton picking minute. What, you know, <laughs> no, we're not having her living here, for God's sake. Uh, you know, she's got 27 million rental properties. Why doesn't she move into one of them? Uh, you know, it, it's just lovely that they kind of just completely trapped him. But And you kind of think, because Jennifer has so firmly got the moral high ground, he, he can never, ever win, Brian. He just doesn't have a leg to... Because every time he says, Jenny, darling, I really don't think she can just go, where is Rory? And then he goes, <clears throat> yes, no, fine, that's absolutely fine. You do what you want, do what you want, you know. <laughs> it's good, you know she's just got him over a barrel. It's hilarious. Mm. And, and, and it's so nice with the, with the, the, the you know, the trauma of the other storyline. Mm. It's just to go to this cosy little plush world where it's all wine fridges and argus and, you know... Ooh, who shall I bestow my largesse on this week? It's kind of thing. It's very nice. No, I no. like it a lot. Me too. And I like the reappearance of Kate, where he, yes. you know, barreled round there. Kate, Kate, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it. You're completely right, and I know we've said it before. It is funny but... though that considering you know they're all going. Well, I haven't seen her for ages. I mean, she won't answer for anything. She lives on your land. Just go there, you know. <laughs> Bloody hell, half the time people are going to see people who aren't there rather than ringing them. And then when they actually live about 100 yards away, they ring them and say, oh, she's not answering. But no idea how to get in touch with them. You can see her out of your window for fuck's sake. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear. Uh, for God's sake, just go and, you know, mm. go and knock on the door. But I did like it, the fact that she was meditating when he went round there. And he's banging on the door shouting. And she says, you ruined my, ruined my positivity, Dad, or whatever it was. Mm. No, it was, but at least yeah. seems to be leaving Phoebe alone at the moment. I thought that Kate might kick off about the Oxford thing. Well, I don't want to be knocking uh, the plotting of all of this, but that's just bonkers that she hasn't got something to say about that. Yeah. Whether, whether it's positive has, or negative, yeah. you know, like, oh, you, you don't become part of the kind of the elite, yeah. uh, ex- yeah. you know, or you've done so well, just whatever. She's got to have an opinion on it. Yeah, exactly. She's got an opinion well, on everything. I th- yes, and we we know what most of them are because she's told us. I think um, we need to come to Uncle God Kerry's rescue if we can. Mm. Uh, and just there are some people 
I have noticed on the Twitter who still think that Rob is not the father of Eth that Rob is the father of Ethan and mm. that he somehow faked that test. It is I've actually talked to Kerry about this. It is fantastically difficult to fake one of those tests. It happens mm. in front of the doctor. It's not, they don't send anything in. It happens right in front of you. The letter is sent to everybody in the world. You can't fake, you know, it's just, you can't. So if Jess has accepted that Rob is not the father of Ethan, I really think we have to and stop waiting for that storyline to rear up. I know why everybody wants it to be, you know, it's completely understandable that everybody wants it. And God knows I want any reasons we can, to, any more reasons we can to hate him. But mm. that's not the case and also then the other thing that i noticed kerry sort of had to re respond to on, on the twitters again was in the scene in the hospital with uh ah hang on this is next that's sunday isn't it yes it is Bump. you're going to talk about the phone I am. yes yes and he's yes i knew exactly what you're going to say but no that was yeah. uh, okay I'll can't mention that no fine let's reverse yes Beep, 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 beep. Lucy Freeman reversing. Yes. Mm. You're on fine form today. It's painkillers and Dioralite. <laughs> Drugs. The wonderful combination. Woohoo! I'm going to go <laughs> cartwheeling down the stairs. <laughs> well, I'll just say hello and then I'll just like, just watch you just like go because I don't need to say anything in this episode. <laughs> but if you're going to oh, be in. Oh, I just thought of something else. Sorry. Mm. Go on. I went to the Audio Drama Awards the other day. Ooh, la la uh, to, I know. I went, I went to a Metallica concert, but you go first. Did you? Mm. Did they take ages to get off stage? Um, I don't know. But you tell me about your Audio Awards um, drama first. It was, it was very, very good. But guess who was one of the, 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 the award giverers? Tim Thingamajob. No, it was uh, Hazel Woolley. Oh, and really? Madeline. Yeah. And everybody knows her from the Slovene and Oh and yes, of course. Yep, stuff. Yep, yep. Lots of sitcoms. You christened that nickname for her. Well done. No no, she was the, the Slovene. No, but you in terms of the archers. Oh I see, yeah. Mm. Well she um she came up on stage mm. and she's actually very glam and very, very nice. Clearly mm -hmm. you would you know she's not gonna be as foul as she is in the series, is she? Um she came up on stage and uh, Lenny Henry was comparing and he said da 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 and best known as Hazel Woolley on the uh, at the moment, she's you know currently known as being Hazel Woolley on the Archers, mm. and there was there were there was like John Hurt in the audience and um, John Hurt, June Whitfield, and 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 you know all the comedy people, John Finnamore and all these people from from radio, mm. and they went ooh <laughs> 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 when, when he said best owed for Hazel Woolley, and she said she had a very difficult childhood actually, and everyone went ha, and Lenny Henry said. <laughs> All right, let's just move on. <laughs> She's so hated. Anyway, she was very nice. Um, are the audio drama awards? Are they so white? Lenny Henry did bring that up several million times during the evening and oh. said, um, uh, it, "They weren't actually. They were incredibly diverse." Uh, something again that she commented on. Um, and the, but he was talking about the the um, Charlotte Rampling idiotic the comment. Audio drama awards. Are they so straight? Uh, no, no campus thing on two legs. No, 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 no. <laughs> right, good. 
Well, I'll tell you what was extremely white. Metallica. Oh, Lucy. What? Now, you know me. I'm pretty broad-minded when it comes to most things. And I'm definitely broad-minded when it comes to my appreciation of music. Right? But last week, I was given a ticket uh, by my friend Eric, who's the principal of the Mission High School, to go and see Metallica with him and his pals. Now... He said, it's a free ticket for Metallica. And I looked at him and I thought, why would you think this is, you know, something <laughs> which is going to be... You do know I'm black, uh, don't you? A, oh, just anyway. <laughs> now, it, so here's the whole background to it. So it's the Super Bowl has come to town and it's the 50th Super Bowl. And to say the Super Bowl over here is much bigger than the FA Cup is, uh, you know, it's putting yeah. it mildly. So it's it's the cold, it's the FA Cup and the Championship rolled into one, but then it rotates to different cities each year. So cities put on a real show, and it's the fiftieth. So there was a Alicia Keys free concert, mm. Metallica free concert. There's this fan park in the middle of uh, in the middle of the downtown, just by the uh, Embarcadero. It it was fantastic, and you got a real sense of uh, a carnival atmosphere. On the Saturday night, because the Super Bowl's on the Sunday. Um, so I go out and Eric says, just come out with me and my friends. We're going to have a drink and whatever. And then there's throngs and crowds of people. And people in American football shirts and whatever. And you, you real sense of occasion. And I was just glad to be, uh, you know, kind of out. Absolutely amazing. And then we go into the AT&T Park, which is a baseball park um, of the San Francisco Giants, of where this thing is happening. Now, as I said... Punk, like it. I've always been a little bit of a fan of the Sex Pistols. Two-tone, like it. Classical music, don't know enough about it. But you know what? I like what I hear. Uh, Blues music, like it. You name it. Country and Western, hmm. But you know what? I can, you know, I can sit down and listen to those those harmonies and melodies and go, there's great craftsmanship and musicianship there. You name it, Lucy, musically. You know, uh, East African swamp music, you know, I'm down with it. Heavy metal, can't fucking stand it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to myself, well, these people have, you know, given me a free ticket and there's 40,000 people there, right? Luckily for me, Eric said, unfortunately, Royfield, your ticket is not with the group of us. You're going to be sat by yourself. Ah, so you could leave after seven and a half minutes. You Spot on, Lucy. That's exactly what. So I sat through the first. I think they call it music, which is just okay. unadulterated white noise, as far as I I could. Uh, yeah. But I, what I will say is the the video show and the fact that these aging rockers uh, were just prancing around on stage was somewhat impressive. But it went like this, <laughs> and so I, I went. Well, that's just so the like first. Somebody song. trying to start up a lawnmower. <laughs> It wasn't music, Lucy. I don't know what it was. And those people go, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Lucy, I thought, so I listened to the first one. I thought, well, that's just obviously just the first one. And I'm going to be tuning able up. to listen. Are they tuning up? Oh, no. <laughs> I, 
said to myself, I'm going to be able to hear the, the strands of um, American blues, which is, you know, where this music derived from at, at some point. I'm going to be able to discern its place in the musical time, firmament. Oh, my God. Then the second one came on. It was like this. I went, OK. All right. So... <laughs> The third one came on and I just said, right, I'm going to go and get myself a hot dog. Right. So I went, OK, let's just take five. So because my, my ears were bleeding, my ears, literally there's blood coming out of my ears. And I sat through five minutes of the fourth song, I think they call it. And I went, fuck this. Right. And I, <laughs> I walked out and went back to the bar. I couldn't stand it. And then I got this text after half an hour for Americ saying, hey, good news. The seat next to me is free. Come <laughs> over. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just kind of had to. Who is this? <laughs> I don't have this number on my phone. Come <laughs> I had to ignore the text. And then another 45 minutes later, they'll come and what do you reckon to the show, Royfield? I was so British. I went, hmm, yes. Well, it was a show. A show happened of the sort. And yeah, I said, oh, no. Oh, drinks, anybody? <laughs> Oh God, Lucy! I tell you, I tell you, tell you, right? And everybody that was there was like, "This is the music of our teenage years. This is our, you know, it takes us back to being in high school, Metallica, Metallica." And you just got a real sense of how these people are similar to us, but this is so bloody different. Yeah. Because I had to explain to them that this is just. Obviously, Metallica have fans in the UK. I'm not saying they don't, but it's not embedded in our culture okay. the way that it is over there. That music and just the well, it's much more mainstream there, isn't it? Absolutely. Here, it's it's you know heavy metal is a you know the clothes are different, everything's different. Oh, listen, absolutely. And you know, I had to go on some big long Royfield board, <laughs> you know, treaties about you know the fact that. The similar type of thing for us maybe was kind of like dance music, which is a bit of a leveller. And it's like, you know, when you discovered, yeah. you know, house music or whatever in, you know, in your when you're in secondary school or whatever the heck it is. And just, oh, Jesus, Lucy, I've never walked out. So free ticket, 40,000 people. I couldn't bear it. Couldn't yeah. bear it. But, you know, thank you, though, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That ship has sailed, really, Roy. If I don't think t- thanking the man just said it's the worst evening of your life, or whatever. Thanks. Caller in a retirement is it? <laughs> think so. Right. The first call we have is Eric, who wants to. Go <laughs> <on the head>. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Hello, Lucy and Royfield and Dumpty Dummers and their Dumpty Dogs everywhere. It is Jan from Cannes calling, uh, Mitch Muse on the Twitters. And uh, I just have been listening to the most recent Dumpty Dum, which as usual is really great. Um, Really enjoying it. And I couldn't help but uh, call in to make a comment uh, about Cosmo's call. Um, I must admit, I agree with Cosmo. Um, I think Justin Elliott is up to no good. I think he wants that land, and I think he he wants to uh, have an affair with Lillian. I hope I'm proved wrong, but I just have a feeling. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing, I think. 
And the other thing I wanted to comment on was Tuesday, I believe Tuesday morning, um, I'm positive I heard um, a Dracula roughly push Helen into her chair. Uh, it was a breakfast scene in the morning as they were getting ready to go. Anyway, uh, nice to chat with you all. Bye. Uh, Jan from Cannes. Mm. Jan from, whoops, my microphone just collapsed. My excitement. Jan from Cannes, I completely agree. He did push her down. When, sorry, she's talking about when Helen, uh, you know, when Helen, um, he was telling her to sit down and rest. Uh, this is Robin Helen, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sort of said, oh, no, I'm fine. And then there was like a, oh. And she said, oh, all right, or something. And I, I think he pushed her. Um, there was this sort of little, oh, when she sat down, which made me think that he mm. pushed her down. So I completely agree, uh, Jan. Yes, I heard it too. Uh, and I'm sure other people did. If we both did, other people will have done. Um, I have a sneaking liking for Justin. But I don't know why. Whether it's because I quite fancied Simon Williams uh, when I was growing up. I don't know. But do you like him? Yeah. Though he does, right right here and now, and it's been said before, feel like a bit of a, you know, Oliver Stroke. Um, there's somebody else kind of mashed together clone um but yeah right here and now he's providing a little bit of um light relief and i like the fact that him and uh, lillian are becoming kind of like you know muckers um and i don't want him to be resolutely evil i don't what well, cosmo was saying no. last week i oh, don't trust him yeah. i don't trust him <laughs> he's got malevolent plans afoot <laughs> you know it's a case ah well you know uh quite like him quite like him but anyway, yeah. yeah. What 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 were you and, getting and, on to and, say? And what I I like about him as well is that he is chasing Lillian. Lillian is not chasing him, because she has got a bit of form for making herself look a bit of an ass. Mm. You kind of get the impression with Lillian and men that she's sort of persuaded them into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think is that, that horrible? I think that's a bit harsh, darling. Um, but what work did she have done after Matt scarpered? can't remember she had to, was it just botox she had um yes mm. yeah she did it wasn't anything massive like a lift was it where she no, had to I think stay it was away. Just, yeah yeah but it's just you know with i remember her chasing that young bloke the one that went off with brenda scott wasn't it mm. and um and even with matt she kind of you know she sort of pushed that slightly more than he did and um, but this time she's kind of she's she seems to be hanging on to her sanity more or her self respect slightly more anyway. Mm. So I hope that if anything does happen with um, Justin, she will say, "Well, it's, I'm very glad that you're interested in me, and if you'd like to get shot of your wife, then maybe we can talk about it, but not until then." Which would be, you know, a very sensible way to do it. Otherwise, she's just going to end up, you know, being the hanger on yet again, isn't she? Oh, poor Lillian. Um, uh, she's anything but poor. Can I just quickly just jump in? Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, Jan from Cannes, Jan Mitchell, is probably thinking, I sent Lucy some Cinnabons and it hasn't been mentioned. Jan, um, you asked me for Lucy's address just before Christmas. You could send her some Cinnabons. They've, they've been lost in the post. I know Lucy didn't get them because Lucy said to me, because I, uh, when I asked her for her address... 
um, a couple of weeks afterwards. He says, why do, you, why, do you, why do you want my address? Why do you want my address? And I went, oh, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Uh, and she's never got them, Jan. So really sorry, but it was a lovely Have thought. Have my buns got lost in the post? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't yeah. tell me. Well... You ain't got them yet, have you? And like she said, oh. must have sent them beginning of December, so they must be lost. Oh, there's a postman in Walthamstow who's like rubbing his <laughs> lips, <laughs> rubbing the sugar off his lips right now as we speak. Yeah, oh. but thank well, you, thank Jan you from Cow. It's a lovely yes. thought. It's a lovely thank thought. But don't think that you know we were. Yes, mm. but it could be Canada Post. Why are we taking the blame for this? Yes, that's very English. No, it was us probably. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But no, thank you very much. That's very, very kind. Yes. No, that's very annoying. Mm. Maybe they'll arrive when I'm better because I can't eat anything. So I'll have to wait until yeah, I'm better. And then I'll hard as bloody stones, though. <laughs> I don't care. I might be starving by then. Alright. Hmm. Next call. Hi, Royfield and Lucy. It's Julie from Pickering, a second time caller in or I was just listening to last week's Dumpty Dum episode and it was really good to hear all the people at the end in San Francisco talking about the the uh, the archers and what they think of uh, plot predictions etc. I was interested when the IT guy was on there. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. And you asked him how we could celebrate in IT terms the getting back together of Tom and Krusty if indeed that did happen. And I was thinking, how go- how cool would it be to get Google to do a Plotcher-style roundup of the week in a Google uh, celebratory uh, headline? You know, when they, they change the Google image and add things to it to celebrate a birthday or a famous person? I think we should get on to that. Leave it to you, Royfield. Toodles. Julie Atkinson. Right. OK. From Pickering. She wants you to Pickering talk... where? Pickering in Canada? No, Yorkshire or something. Oh, OK. Because there's, there's one in Ontario. Oh, God, if it's Lancashire, I'm in massive trouble, aren't I? Anyway, um, she wants you to sort stuff out with Google uh, and do a Google image. When the... When the um, maybe when the, when the, the storyline that can't be named ends, mm. we could celebrate with a Google picture. You know, they alter the picture depending on anything that we're celebrating. Mm. Yeah. So she said, can you just drop them a line, Royf, and sort that out? Mm, well, I can drop them a line. I doubt whether <laughs> they will sort it out. <laughs> and I got a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky feeling. And I've said this uh, numerous times before. This storyline with Rob is never, ever going to be completely sorted out because yeah. he's too much of a good character. He's going to become the, he's going to become like Hazel Woolley. He will yeah. flip back into the village yeah. to see his, uh, his offspring, his, his heir, and will boo and hiss. And, uh, you know, so he'll, he'll be run out of town, pitchforks and, you know, and torches ablaze. Yes. But don't think this is over, 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 you know. So um, even when it's over, it won't be over. <sighs> with a spoon. And sorry, just before you say with a spoon. And I know that Millie Bell does talk about this, but on our forum, Lucy B. Freeman, have you seen that there oh, is Henrietta. a... Well, yes, uh, Je suis Hen- yeah, Henri. Absolutely yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. if ever you wanted to uh, see written in black and white that this story runs and runs for years, um, mm-hmm. there's some somewhat harrowing testimonies of people who've grown yeah. up with a Rob. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely brilliant piece that was. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, planning, with Royfield's permission, our spring meetup in the Big Apple. We're both very excited about it. I, too, have the cold that many of you have, so please forgive the rough voice. I'm thinking a lot about Friday's episode and also about Henrietta's post on the forum. If you haven't read it, please do so. As we've been talking about for months and months, emotional abuse and manipulation occur on a regular basis to many people, and both women and men are victims. What has made Tim Watson's portrayal of Rob so chilling is that he has so convincingly created a character who the vast majority of the time seems to truly believe that what he is doing is in the best interest of Helen. Then occasionally a switch gets thrown and we see that he knows he's acting only in his self-interest and to create a subservient Helen. I never before thought that he would actually try to turn Henry against his mother, but there it was. He has convinced Helen that she's been the cause of her increasing isolation, but at the same time she's fighting against that belief. Maybe Rob turning Henry against her was the one step too far. But how will all of this get unraveled? First, Helen must tell all to someone she trusts, and that person needs to confirm that her doubts are based in reality. Only Kirsty will be able to do this. Others, including Pat, who has become curiously subservient to Rob in her own right, will not. But how long will it take? And will Rob receive the punishment he so richly deserves? Not easy in real life, but hey, the script writers can repay us for taking us on this difficult journey. Briefly, on to a lighter subject, Kate. I guess all someone had to do was to open her door. She must have been sitting on her floor and meditating for months now. As I have said before, I do hope that Brian and Jenny hold the line and don't give her any more money. It won't do any good for this 40-year-old woman child, and there's nothing like throwing good money after bad. So Angus and I are looking forward to the 100th. Wish we could be there in person. Maybe you could live live stream it, or we could Skype in. We'll clear the patient's schedule. Talk to you next week. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Witherspoon, who says Brian should not give in. Um, I mean, this... I. Lillian seems to has, have boundless patience with Kate. Whether or not she sees a bit of herself in Kate, I don't know. But Kate has basically buggered up a business, but she hasn't even started the business and she's already buggered up the business plan. You know, mm. I, I don't know whether, when that's the part of, if that's the part of a business where things go wrong first, um, the, the business plan stage. <laughs> it just seems to be... How could she not have seen? She wants photovoltaic, whatever they are, mm. roof tile things. They're a bloody fortune. She must have costed them in, surely. Because, you know, that was part of the business plan. So how can they suddenly be more expensive than she thought? Mm. When she knew how much they were. Well, there's a couple of things that could have happened here. Is you say, I want some nice tiles. And then you go along to the tile shop. Then you see some nicer ones. And you go, oh, I'll just have them. And that's really what's happened here. And we know this, but Kate is not a business person. And 
this is a vocation for Kate. This is um, a lifestyle choice and she's trying to make some kind of money out of it. And the fact of the matter is you actually can. But to do that, you need to be somewhat kind of hard headed and you need to say to yourself things like, OK, so these tiles are whatever the hell they are. The, these are three pound fifty per per meter. Mm. Here and are the some photovoltaic ones are three hundred and ninety four pounds. Exactly. Ultimately, is there any uh, quantifiable difference between me getting the cheaper ones or the ones which are eco friendly uh, and you know um, got from a sustainable source and are hip, cool, and groovy? Uh, and in the greater scheme of things, with the service that I'm going to provide, the answer is actually no. However, well, it's the I feel like ones are solar ones, aren't they? I've they're no idea. Pan- yeah, I have they're solar, no they're idea. Panels. That's why she wants them. Well, but but, but then she, you know, if that's an intrinsic part of the business, she should have surely costed that in. I don't know. Yeah, but 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 it's not. But it's it's fundamentally um, looking at something as um, a business and look and, and watching the pennies as opposed to saying, well, I would like this and this would be great, you know, for me to have this and that's and she isn't a businesswoman and yeah. if she truly teamed up with Lillian, i.e., Lillian held her hand through the whole process. Could probably make a great go of it because in terms of delivering the service the service of um the alternative therapies i think she, actually she'd be pretty good she, she'd yeah. be pretty good at that but in terms of the infrastructure of the business around it absolutely not yeah you know so but nobody seems to be giving her any i mean they just keep giving her money but nobody's actually giving her any concrete help or advice are they they're just i mean Jill, Lillian sort of looked through her business plan and said, yes, that seems fine. Mm. It, that's pr- pretty good. Um, Debbie's just, just chucked her a load of cash from wherever the hell she is, Hungary. And, mm. um, but actually, the nuts and bolts of putting a business together and the building and the regulations and all that stuff, that's not something you can just do on your own, never having done it before, if you're an idiot. Oh, like she, had Kate, the, she had the food truck. She had the food truck in, in the late night. It's all she's an expert. i love the fact that peggy and maybe this was actually this week i really can't remember but peggy says oh she had that other business and i and i gave her some money in the food truck i went oh my god yes way back then when she was doing the festivals and stuff yeah 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 (laughs) oh um witherspoon also talked about um uh, uh rob and helen and and henry it's it's really ramped up now to an unbearable degree, he's trying to turn Henry against Helen, all that nonsense about what do we call it when some Henry, what do we call it when somebody um, promises you something and it doesn't happen? It's called lying and mummy is a liar and then all this, <clears throat> I hate you, mummy! Mm. Um, I, I, it's just hideous. You know, and, and, and she's trying to keep Kirsty out of it to protect Kirsty. But, you know, when when you are the victim of somebody like him... You cannot, he seems so powerful, or the other person seems so powerful, you can't imagine anyone else not being frightened of them. Mm. So she's trying to protect a load of people from him who could actually help her. But you, you know, it's like other people meet the person that you're terrified of and they think, well, this just a, you know, he's just a bloke. He's a bit of a dick, but he's all right. Or she's just an old lady. Why is that? Why is that scary? Mm. But... You know, if it's it, it, it's your relationship with them 
and your their effect on your mental well-being that makes them truly truly terrifying on a very primal level and if there's people that you love around you don't want them to get involved because you really don't want them to to suffer you can't imagine anybody being able to have a relationship with them that isn't about fear because yours is entirely about fear uh, it's, it's uh, an astute observation another observation i'll make is that child actor is absolutely dreadful <laughs> and <clears throat> Henry, Henry the Machine. Do you think he's like a Henry the Hoover with a voice box? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I'm presuming that this is somebody who is much older than um, you know the actor is trying to portray. And I think a few episodes ago, I don't know whether it was you, but somebody said, or I read somewhere, that um, the actress Helen has never actually met the voice actor that's no, playing. This- yeah. played it and it's just recorded it. Yeah. It's obviously not uh put together at the same time. Mm. The, the it it just doesn't actually really flow at all. Mm. And it Henry seemed bearing in mind this is a child of what, five? Mm. Four, five, something like that. <laughs> but it does feel wildly overacted. Okay, wob you know, everything is just o- o- overstressed, <laughs> overstressed. Yeah. And that scene for me where Rob was saying, you know, so what do we call people that keep yeah. secrets and et cetera, yeah. um, just, just felt very uncomfortable for me. But from a technical point of view, yeah. from a technical there's point of view. There's even something, I don't know whether I'm being super, super picky here, mm. but there's even something. Well, this is the place for you to be super picky, Lucy. It's our podcast where we discuss. We, we run the runes over it. We pick the bones of the archer, so be picky. <laughs> pick away. <laughs> picky pick. Um, there's even something funny in the voice levels, mm. in that sometimes he sounds closer to the microphone than everybody else. He, the, the tone, he doesn't sound like he's in the same room as them, or clearly because he isn't. But they haven't, it doesn't seem to be almost sort of blended very well. Mm-hmm. It, so the, lev- the levels are definitely wrong. And he sounds either too loud or too quiet or too close, further, if further closer to the mic than they are or whatever. There's something odd technically about it as well. Have you seen the movie The Room? No. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but... Um... Absolutely. Oh, about the the woman that's trapped in the room with the child, and she has to make the whole world out of the room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then they eventually escape. Um, I yeah. forget the name of the director, but uh, a really illuminating interview which I heard on uh, Simon Mayo and uh, Mark Commode's film review about a month ago, where the director um, got together the, the mother, the actor who plays the mother. And and then the the child actor who's supposed to be playing a five year old but is actually eight, and obviously this is a, this is a film, so mm. they had to get an eight year old that could pass for a five year old. Mm. And he was really clear, and he said that one of the reasons why we couldn't get a five year old is because they, um, even though you you're telling them that you need to act and you need, and you need to be smaller in effect. They're mm. just so happy to be there and they'll they'll be beaming and like, you know, they'll be <laughs> oh. larger than life. So he said we needed to get uh, an eight year old yeah. that looked like a five year old, but had, you know, but um, was was aware enough that they needed to be small, you know, on yeah. the screen. And it was absolutely fascinating in that he said that two months before filming, 
uh, we put the two actors together, the mother and uh, and the son, and they just hung out. So, and everybody's remarked when you see that film of how it's the, the relationship between them is absolutely believable. That um, it's it, it, there's a real intimacy and a real closeness between between the mother and the son, and it's one of the you know kind of standout features of that film. Now, I'm not saying. <laughs> that the uh, that uh, Sean O'Connor should have got um, the act- the actress that plays Helen and then uh, the, the actress that plays Henry together uh, mm. f- for for months beforehand, but that intimacy is absolutely lost with this. Um, and whatever they're doing, and there's obviously really good reasons why they're dialing in the performance of uh, of Henry's voice, but it, but it absolutely doesn't work. Even mm. when you have a scene with where Rob is really nakedly, nakedly showing what a fucking bastard he is to that mm. child and twisting his mind, you, it felt very clunky. He was great, mm. you know. Rob was great. Yeah. You know, his voice tone changed and, and you know, and you got a real sense of when Helen came into the room. So, oh, oh, oh you know, you know, oh, yeah, he, yeah. well, Henry's, you know, he's yeah. very upset, Helen. He's very brilliant, brilliant. But the sounds coming out of the actor who's supposed to be uh, Henry are just so unconvincing, so unconvincing. But to be fair to um, to the directors uh, and uh, to Mr. O'Connor, we don't hear five-year-olds six-year-olds on the archers so maybe part of the reason why it's jarring is because well we don't hear kira do we no we we don't we don't hear the little kids you know you might hear an occasional i'll have an ice cream please but that's just about it so maybe when one of the reasons why this is uh slightly uncomfortable on the ears is because we're just not not used to it it. yeah Mm. we're just not used to it ah yokel bear yes yokel bear is back and his then again, was he was he was back last week too. I was going to say he's never gone. What you're no, 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 no. He's he's had a little period where because Yokel Bear used to be every week and he's got a bit fallow. Hey, see what I did there? Yes, That's but he's fun. all caught up. Yes, he's, mm. he's he's been on the herbal uh, lay. Uh, okay. And- Hello, Dumb Stomach Yokel Bear here calling from Yokelshire on a Saturday night because, unfortunately, my dance card isn't full tonight. I got a bit behind on the archers, but I've just had a bit of a marathon listening session today. First of all, got really excited when Linda, talking about the stage curtains and getting some new ones, said, It's not about money, it's about sacrifice. I was really excited because I thought, finally, the scriptwriters are going to do it. They're going to do my the ultimate, and they're going to do a Wicker Man plot line. They're going to have a sacrifice. Of course, it's obviously going to be Titchy Knob. Strange, pagan, right, Wicker Man going up in flames. Joe Grundy dancing around in a loincloth um, with, with some strange chants. I personally think that would be, you know, save that for an anniversary show. That's a, that's a good plot line. This is also why I'm not the script writer on The Archers, I would imagine. Um, another thing is thinking about the Fair Brethren. Um, yeah, this whole Brighton thing. I mean, there's all kinds of things it could be, but 
yeah, you're talking about Toby here. It's gambling, isn't it? Yeah, he's just this guy's just an ultimate risk taker. He doesn't think of consequences. He just rushes into things, doesn't care about the risk. In fact, seems to kind of get off on the risk. So you know, it's probably I know casinos, gambling, nasty people after him, that kind of thing. Maybe he'll get bumped off. So yeah, so that was that was good. It's not going to be a wicker man type sacrifice, sadly, Yoko Bear. It's going to be more flipping Lent nonsense, with Shula struggling to give up Twix, because if she doesn't get two fingers in her every day, she's a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't I say stuff think, like that, you know, Lucy. It's really rude. But <laughs> I don't think that Toby is about gambling. I think he's got a child and he's supposed to be paying maintenance and he isn't. I think it's the CSA and he has to keep going to Brighton. Where's the CSA based? No, you wouldn't have to go to actually to the CSA to pay some No, the CSA is being disbanded anyway. Well, whatever it is, whatever it is now, the pay up people. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think he's got a child somewhere and he's supposed to be paying money and he isn't. And that's why he's saying that to Rex says them. Are you paying them? Uh, and I think, and you that's think that the, him, his, the, the, the his, child and the mother. And you think that his pops doesn't know about it? Yes. So, yeah. uh, uh, okay. Um, yes, it was lovely to hear Lillian's cackle again. She did a proper big cackle this time as well. And I think uh, somebody said that they had got it as their ringtone. They managed to get it as a ringtone. Oh, God, don't talk to me about ringtone. Oh, sorry. Oh, God, Lucy, just reminded me. All right, I was supposed to do um, the scream, wasn't I? Kirsty's scream is a ringtone about three weeks ago. Right, I'm gonna, I'll do it today. Ago? That was about last year. Yeah, but uh, Andrew Horn and a couple of people on the book uh, on on the Twitters uh, said, "Oh, can you sort that out?" Like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Monday. That's like Monday, 2011, or something another. <laughs> God. No, it was Liz Anderson. That's who it was. Liz Anderson said that she'd she'd got Lillian some cackle as her ringtone, um, and I did love it. Who is it... Liz Anderson? What do you mean, who is she? I know she's on the Twitters. She seems a little bit glamorous. Whenever I see her picture, she looks like she looks slightly familiar. She is very together. That's what she is. And she looks like an actress, I think. Oh, okay. Mm. So you've met her in the flesh, have you? I have. She's very nice. Oh, okay. She's very funny. Um, I also liked it when they're in the kitchen, when they're all in the kitchen drinking, drinking uh, champers to celebrate Lillian never ever leaving home farm mm. and um and when when justin's going yeah see you at the races then i'm going, looking forward to the races justin and brian's going races what races <laughs> then he goes not done with the investment investment what investment he's just like noises off of confusion brian is very good loving brian at the moment yes and that's all i have to say about that so blithe spirit is next oh good Hello, Dumpty Dumpline Spirit calling. Well, it's a bit of a dark week in Ambridge, wasn't it, in many ways? Although there were moments of light. I quite enjoyed Jim's hangover, though clearly he didn't. Having to sit there feeling absolutely grim and queasy whilst Christine was bashing on about bird watching and finch disease. It's one of the funniest things that's happened in the Archers over the last few weeks, and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, I have to say. What I enjoyed a bit less was uh, Titchy Knob's conversation with Henry, which was vicious and aggressive and hostile and downright cruel and to hear him pouring poison into 
Henry's ear and Helen's suffering as a result was thoroughly unpleasant. At that point, I would quite happily have punched his lights out and stuck a dagger in his nadgers. As for the storyline that shall not be mentioned, I'm wondering if someone with psychological training, perhaps with a spoon or one of the other lovely listeners or caller inners, can help me out with something because I'm having a real problem trying to understand Tichinov's psychology. Now, on the one hand, he has a very strongly vested interest in maintaining Helen's health and looking after her and protecting her well-being because she is effectively incubating his spawn. On the other hand, he is psychologically torturing her. Now, to me, this situation seems so hugely paradoxical. I don't understand how the two are coming together. I cannot make sense of it. The only thing that I can possibly come up with by way of explanation is that the scriptwriters and the editor have decided to make him so freaking evil that by the time his downfall does finally come, we'll be breaking out the bunting, cracking open the champagne and dancing in the street. That's the only reason that I can come up with. But someone who is trained and who is uh, vested in in these these issues who understands them perhaps can clarify this for me that would be really helpful as for Kirsty, really pleased that the rift with helen is being healed hopefully she will continue to push helen uh, out of denial but i have a feeling that the collapse at the end of friday's episode has actually already done that work for her helen has either reached crisis point or she is about to cre- reach crisis point and she clearly cannot manage this situation any longer regardless of how much she is personally trying to control it her innards are just rebelling massively um, and I think she is going to cry out I don't know who is going to get that call but hopefully someone will get it soon I don't honestly don't think it's going to be much longer before something absolutely breaks um, and hopefully it won't be Helen if only for the sake of her child and for the sake of Henry yes hug over Jim that was very good and he had that kind of lovely, very accurate mix of slight swirliness when he's talking about you've got to go and stare through a microscope, stare through a t- telescope at, at birds. He's obviously making him feel a bit queasy. Um, and then the kind of, um, it, it was sort of chuckling away, remembering Fuzzy Duck. And, uh, and actually he said it was really good fun. But then kind of the nausea would overwhelm him again. And then he'd go, I think I have to sit down. <laughs> It was lovely. You're clicking again. Stop bloody Am clicking. I? No, no, yes. I'm I'm just on Twitter. Get off it. You're talking to Liz Anderson. No, Helen Sykes. She says, uh, which dum-de-dum day of the week man are you this week, Royfield? What does that mean? Right. Last week, uh, somebody said to me uh, on the Twitters, my kids have said, why aren't you oh, with your choose your Tuesday boyfriend, Royfield? <laughs> yes, and Helen Sykes says, uh, "Yeah, I, I had to look at it kind of like for about ten seconds before I figured out what the hell she was talking about." But yes, <laughs> I think I'm going to be Tuesday, Helen. Right there, you go. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> I'm back with you, Lucy. Come on. Chop, chop. Um, Let's keep going. Uh, she also wants to, she says she doesn't understand if if um rob has a strong interest in 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 helen's well-being in that only for the fact that she's you know uh carrying his child why why is he torturing her but he's not to, in his mind he's not torturing her he's trying to break her because he feels that he genuinely believes like people with narcissistic personality disorder that he knows better than anyone else would Rob see it even in his own twisted logic that he's actually trying to break her no he'd see it as I'm trying to get rid of I'm trying to disabuse her of all the silly ideas she's got Mm. until she understands that the only person that can help her and be of any use to her is me yep Um, and the thing is with these people is that they they always think they're being very subtle and that no one can tell but uh, they're not very subtle Um, and I think that Helen's collapse on on Friday when she keeled over at the till I think is going to be Rob's cue to get her sectioned or something yes because there was some mention of uh, some psychiatric uh, Mm. evaluation wasn't there there was Mm. Mm. so yeah that'll be that and then it'll be um, arguing over Henry and who's got the rights to Henry to look after him because he'll say that she's not capable of looking after Henry and oh anyway Nearly there, chaps. It'll all be over soon. Hang in there. Mm. Bloody hell. <laughs> and that's it. Oh. End of the callie calls. We got no no email or inner is this week, Luce. We have not. Bloody hell. Nary a one, mate. Oh. It's funny. First your cinnabons go missing in the post. Then the I emails know. are missing from our inbox. I know. Snail mail and email failures galore this week. It's Rob. He's on my case. He's insinuated himself into me inbox, the sod. Mm. Right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to investigate this whilst we have five and see you the other side with a little touchy million tweets of the week. Hello. As you know, I love France, and I help with the twinning of Mirielle and Ambridge. So it's with great pleasure that I can tell you about another Entente Cordiale. On Friday, March the 25th, until Monday the 28th, you can visit St. Guyen in Brittany, courtesy of Dumpty Dummer Jacqueline Bertho. The itinerary includes a trip to Dinom, the local farmer's market, a visit to the mayor, a bake-off and other shenanigans. The cost is £110 and this includes your accommodation, dinner and breakfast. Go to dumptydum.com to book and to view the trip. For further info, contact Jacqueline via email jacqueline.bertho at yahoo.fr. 
It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcast dom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es, glaube ich, 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day you two. We have had the most interesting week, not just on the Book of Face, but also on our forum. So I'm going to try to squeeze all this into my five minutes. First of all, I'd like to say that I'm so excited because on Facebook, we now have over 950 people who are following us, including a boost of 28 this week. So we may, wouldn't it be great if we could get to 1,000 before our 100th? So if you know anyone who might enjoy us, please tell them about our page. On the forum, we covered a range of topics. Um, the one that I really want to draw your attention to, uh, you, there's also a link on the Facebook page, is Je suis Henri, which is uh, the most harrowing story from someone who says, look, I was that Henry, this has happened to me. An incredibly brave and open uh, discussion about this person's life. I think it's worth reading and gives a really uh, clear, I guess, scaffold to what we're following from the point of Henry in our current story that can't be named. There's also a discussion about the Fairbrother history. Um, there is some gorgeous um, reviews of Dumpty Dum from One Son. You have to read that. It's very funny. Um, there's some information about getting to London for the 100th recording and uh, some people discussing the future of the usher. So very, very active on the forum. I really recommend that you get over to there. Uh, there's also some discussion about the Helen Titchener Rescue Fund. Now, you probably all know by now about this extraordinary phenomena where someone said, let's raise some money for... Um, uh, to, to help people who are going through domestic violence. Now, the last time I looked, they had raised £33,000. I've written dollars, but it was actually pounds. And, of course, we know that uh, that's... We've done that before. Upstairs at the Bull raised £500 when this, first, this story first started. So 
all hail everybody involved with that. This is an extraordinary effort. I know it's been picked up by newspapers. I'm not sure if it's been picked up by TV, but congratulations to everybody involved. I'm really, really impressed. We, on the Book of Face, we have been talking about Lillian. Um, so there's some, uh, Richard Woodfield said, Jenny, there's something I need to ask you about Lillian. Brian, that reminds me, did you know that Fag Ashlil is an anagram of Hag Flails? <laughs> I don't know where that came from, Richard, but well done. Uh, Leslie Greaves says, at least she's someone who gets enjoyment out of life. Sharon Robson says, I'm part of the Lillian Cackle Coven. Uh, everybody seems to like her except for the smoking indoors. You can go down so well. Uh, how can you not love Lillian, says Cara Littlewood Poirier. Um, and Vicky Berry says, oh, thank you, darling. Chin, chin. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny. I've only recently started um, drinking gin and tonics at the weekend, and I always think of Lillian. I don't even know her, but I always think of her. Um, we also uh, decided to give a shout out to Tim Watson uh, because his performance recently has just been fantastic and we all know that there's a, uh, a new page that started up for the actor and I believe that's now up to 400 uh, people supporting that page. Uh, Sue Gedge says, absolutely gripping. Here's hoping Helen will confide in someone soon. I think Rob has unwittingly played into Kirsty's hands. Now she's got more evidence. Uh, Mandy Millen says, Kirsty will do something soon. It was so obvious that Rob was checking who Helen had been texting before he gave her the phone. Forgot it upstairs again, silly thing. And sending a fake reply to Kirsty, crying off at the last minute. Kim Ferguson said, I was too busy worrying about the curtains to notice Rob. Tie backs or pinch, please. Important decisions to be made. Uh, and finally, we've also been discussing, uh, oh, we've been looking at the... Uh, the get-together, uh, the, the recording, that's uh, coming up soon. And we did uh, put up a link for the Dumpty Dum. Uh, There's just weeks on re. So please get onto Facebook or the, uh, if you're already on the forum, go to the forum. If you're not, you're only on Facebook, please get onto Facebook and you'll find a link there for the forum. Um, both places are very, very active and I really recommend it. Also, I recently started following Kerry Davies um, on Twitter. I'm not so active on Twitter myself, and he is very funny, and the things he reposts about the artist are really worth uh, following, so if you're not a fan, do become one. Uh, Royfield and Lucy, please, no more praising of me. I very much love working in the background. Enjoy this community. You know I do. Thank you. Um, you made me blush, and Jermaine was in the car when we were listening. Hooroo! Thank you, Millie Bell. Uh, Lucy, mm -hmm. it is time. For you to give us your hashtag the archers tweets of the last seven days thank you very much please now it is becoming very difficult chaps to find these at the moment because Can I, just say, I love it when you say chaps do you <laughs> yeah i do i do i like that kind of that 1930s kind of come on roll your sleeves up you know <laughs> you know kind of vibe chaps. that you throw at it and chaps is just redolent of that I've deliberately said chaps quite a few times whilst I've been over <laughs> in California. Eh? Oh, I tell you, oh, we're turning into each other. There's me going, yeah, man, and you doing chaps. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I'm down down the gay disco down at in the Castro, I got me chaps on. Woohoo! Um, I said to somebody the other day, I reckon, of which they just smiled and they started laughing. And I says, what? Like you don't say reckon in America? And they said that sounds so oldie worldy and like Hicksville. Like you're from the deep south of America. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was absolutely floored. And they said, you, you just, you know, only hicks who have straw coming out of their mouth you know, who, who married their cousins, say, I reckon. Like this, uh, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Every day, Lucy, every day you'll say something and then someone will just look at you and smile and just say, you know, just either what is that, like pillock. Yeah. Or they'll <laughs> just, you know, it, it's, it's you know, cultural minefields galore when you use the English <laughs> language in this foreign country, I tell you. But anyway, sorry, uh, tweets of the week. Yes, chaps, it is getting very difficult to find mm. these uh, tweets because all you're doing is tweeting about how much you hate Rob. Mm. We all know that. Tweet something funny for God's sake. Anyway, uh, this week's haul is okay, but then you know it's 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 getting harder and harder to find. I so, think so, I think you're on. saying it's not okay. I think you're saying it's a no, bit. No, it poor. is. No, no, no. This lot's good, but it took me bloody ages. Right. Yeah, but you're damning with faint praise. If you were saying this week's haul is okay. Oh dear, I ought to take that bit out then because that sounds a bit rude. Don't mm. want to be... take it out. No, no. Call it as it is. Tell people to up their game, Lucy. Don't be <laughs> don't be British about it. Tell people to put their backs into no! it and try harder. Tweet harder. Say it. No, the archers in short. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what this was about, but it just made me laugh because he's obviously a bit. He or she is obviously uh, looking for a cash machine. They just put. It's the bank of Peggy doing business today. <laughs> I presume because either they were short of cash or the Fairbrothers was after something. Um, this is a very good thought. I like this a lot. Angry Bird Flies mm. actually tweeted Kerry and said, can the auditors preparing the Barrow Farm sale please find whatever Charlie was looking for and have Rob arrested? <gasps> I'd forgotten all about that Charlie was actually looking for some anomaly in the accounting system, wasn't he? Mm. And that if they've got auditors in, they are the very people to find it. Hurrah. That would be great. Would be and then good. maybe, maybe Rob would just be arrested and we won't have to go through any Helen nastiness. Yes, that's not going to happen, is it? <gasps> Lillian Harry said, mm. we've just been issued an amber alert here, but I'm not sure if it's for Storm Imogen or the Archers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Kim said, this was after the horrible one, said, I need alcohol now. I miss the good old days when the worst thing in an episode was old Tom banging on about sausages. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think we all feel like that. And what? Melanie Hick Wait a minute. said, very good was point. Was it she a week. Yeah, I, I doubt it's very much that it's her. Oh. This is, this is Little Kim, as in the supermarket. Oh, Little Kim. Oh, yes. I was going to say, yes. bloody hell, Little Kim's like, listens to the <laughs> archers. Who would have thought it? Okay. Um, this is Tweet of the Week, though. This is... Oh. Melanie Hick said, mm. if Rob Titchener was on Midsummer Nerd... Ugh. Melanie Hick said if Rob Titchener was on Midsummer Murders he'd be in a well by now <laughs> wouldn't that be nice shove him in a sodding well ah, the end oh well done well done uh, should we talk about this live recording Lucy yes let me because t- I, I went to the the venue with Derek mm. Um, who wanted to show me his unfeasibly large equipment again. I have seen it before, Derek. Um, it's it's a bar and the bar is open. So you're not, it's not like you're going to be coming into a theatre and then the door is going to clang shut and you're going to be trapped until we've finished. Um, the bars, they're not closing the bar for us. So although there's going to be 70 of us or however many there are, um, 
there may be other people there. I doubt that quite strongly because it's a Monday night. Um, so don't worry if you're going to be late or anything like that. You can just sort of turn up. Um, not quite sure how we're going to manage noise levels, but we'll figure that out somehow. Uh, but and I don't think they're doing food so eat beforehand um but yes there's a bar right there and there's like little boothy things which is quite pleasing and Royf and i and um shambridges will be harriet i've got to stop calling her shambridges um will be in a booth and um the audience uh will be around earwigging and we'll play in people will rig we're not going to do live calls because that would be a logistical nightmare so people will uh ring in beforehand and we will play them play the calls out through the speakers uh at the venue so you can all hear the calls and then uh we'll talk about them like we normally do mm. cool i'm excited i'm terrified no i'm excited but that's the reason why we work well together. It's called yin and yang. You know? Yes. Use is a woman and I is a man. And then use all do. kind of ter- terrified and I'm all excited. You know, together we is a proper cohesive whole. Hmm. Is that how you see... That's slightly worrying if that's how you see a male-female relationship is terrified and excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, just you and I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Now, um, end of the show time, wrapping things up. Um you can go onto our website, which is dumdydum.com, uh, and you can add your own content to it, as Mike Hatton does, uh, and other people do as well. You can comment on the shows, you can message other listeners, uh, and it's just a fun thing to do. Um, and you can go onto our forum, and I recommend, and I know Millie has um, on her weekly roundup, but really do go onto Just V Henri, because it is just uh, it's a, it's a brilliant thread. And uh, and that's the reason why Dumpty Dum is there and, and the forum so that you can go and express yourself. So go and see other people expressing themselves and join in with the debate and to realise how um, storylines uh, which we take as being some part uh, fundamentally to be entertaining can actually affect real people and shape their lives kind of going forward. It's very, very touching. Just for Henri. Um, sharp news. Uh, I'm supposed to be going to see Laura from Marin County today. Now, I don't know how that's actually going to work out now, but I'm going to call her Lucy because I'm actually, I actually get on my plane tomorrow. So I'm going to call her, but uh, but I need to maybe put the keys to the shop in the post or something or other as opposed to handing them over. Okay. But uh, we're going to sort that out, Laura, uh, Laura and I. Uh, so the shop handover will happen soon. Now, most exciting bit of the show. News, news, news of reviews. My stomach's really hurting now. So. All right. We, we go, all right. Let's <laughs> speed things up. From the Super Bowl obsessed country that is the United States, we have a review from Clara from California. Black and Blighty. We have reviews from Miss Christmas, Ms. Matlock, and Swimblit. Thank you for your reviews. Good listener. If you haven't done so already, please get yourself on to iTunes and write us a review. Oh, that shouldn't be there, should it? I'll do the bit afterwards. Sorry, let's take that for next time. Good listener, why don't you join the above by writing us a review on iTunes and you will be mentioned on a future podcast. Um... Now, I did say last week, the next week, we're going to uh, present to you the extensive role of Dumpty Dogs. I've got an Excel spreadsheet, Lucy, 
and it's just ridiculously big with the amount of bloody dogs <laughs> you know pooches on this thing um suffice to say i can tell you that uh miss alliance's dog is called oscar uh, that um, Michelle, Mich- Michelle Lerater, her dog is Clive. It goes on and on and on. I actually do have the spreadsheet. And I'm looking at it right now, but it's I've got um, about forty entries. And somebody, and I can't mm. remember for the life of me who it was, said obviously the cat one should be Dumpty Mogs. Yes, yeah, the Dumpty Mogs are on the book of face, and I just it's just spiraling out of all control. <laughs> Right, so yes. Ah. So, Alison, your idea in the Dumpty Dogs, thanks for that. Yeah, nice one. Well, our audience, they don't half run with things, don't they? <laughs> um, you can donate to our show, folks. You don't have to do it, uh, you do it um, out of your own kind of largesse. Uh, because, you know, we do have some associated uh, costs uh, running this thing. And if you would like to donate, there are two ways this can be done. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to just donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Remember, you can get in contact with us by sending us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website. And you've got the URL before. Or you can call us on 0203 um, 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message if SpeakPipe is up the fritz. You can find us on social media, specifically the Twitters, where we're at Dumpty Dum, or you can tweet me, where I'm at Royfield. Me at Lucy V. Freeman, or Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. And Paul, how can they find you? So I'm at Paul Truman, that's T-R-U-E-M-A-N, 74. Never, ever put your year of birth in your Twitter handle if you're thinking of starting on Twitter. It's a terrible idea. So I'm Paul Truman, 74. And finally, you can find us on the Book of Face, where we are Dumpty Dum, and we have 952 like our lurkers. Remember, folks, we want to get to 1,000 by our 100th show, which is in five weeks' time. Smashing. Right, as you tum. Uh, painful. Do you, just one thing before I go. Uh, Sounds like Colombo. Just one thing, ma'am. Um, what's this Miss Thwar thing? I've no idea what you were talking about when you said that. He, when Justin said, mm. he said, "You, you lucky, you lucky, lucky blighter, Brian. You get to live with this lovely lady and Miss Thwar." He said. Well, that's obviously Lillian, then, isn't it? I know, but who in their right mind says that? Least of all, some sort of stuffy, nouveau riche, landed gentry bloke. He's not nouveau riche, though, is he? Mm. Matt was nouveau riche. Justin's yeah, not. Oh, all right then. But but I've never heard anyone say anything like that, whoever they were. It just seemed extra <laughs> extraordinary, unless I misheard it. But someone else on the Twitter said, did he just say that? If he didn't, can someone ring in and tell me what he really did say? Because it's been bothering me for a week now. <laughs> and yes, I know I need to get a life. But, you know, still. You could just, like, go back and listen to it on the Omnibus edition. I have. And I swear to God, he still said Miss Four. Mm. Right. Well, <laughs> that, the, that mystery will run and run, won't it? <laughs> a bit like no, all the will, various will... loose plot ends to do with Rob Titchener. Yeah, no, someone will ring in and say, no, you idiot. He mm. said this, and I'll go, oh, right, okay, well, well, fine. 
All right then, Luce. Well, I'd best get off and edit this then. Okay. Is it very, very early there? Um, It is 10 to 9 in the morning now. Oh. I'm surprised we spoke for as long as we did. I know. I'm just about to go. I'm going to jump up because I've got to edit this and then jump on a plane. Um, Oh, who's sitting in for me next week? Yes, well, I wondered if you'd if you'd if you'd even considered the fact that you were abandoning me yet again. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, mm. I have Mister Yoke L Bear, Ooh. who will be standing in for you next week. Has he ever podcasted before? He hasn't. He's a podcasting virgin, but he's got his mic and he's very excited. Great. And I rang him, and he went, "Oh, this is weird." And I said, "Why?" And he said. Because you're talking back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so assuming he gets over that, we should be fine. If he doesn't, it... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage... Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Maybe somewhat stilted, but yeah. we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. That would create somewhat of a problem in the edit. <laughs> well, we like to keep you busy. Okay. All right. Love you lot. See you later. Bye. See you. Bye.